Welcome to the Twin Cities Carry Show. It's been a crazy news cycle for the last 48 hours if you're a Second Amendment supporter. Uh, there's a ton of good news gun stories, I guess you'd call them. We got Republicans supporting marijuana use. We have Arkansas letting their governor know how they feel by overriding his veto of the state's sanctuary status bill. Uh, not to bury the lead, the Supreme Court is set to hear an actual Second Amendment court case for the first time in over a decade. The last case they heard was Heller, which we consider a win for Second Amendment and anti-gunners consider a win for uh, for them because it did put limits on it. And then we have, uh, I don't know, the last couple, what, last 24 hours, we've had a ton of stories, right? We have Illinois' uh, Ninth Circuit Court, I believe. No, uh, yeah, Illinois Circuit Court, FOID cards, unconstitutional. Uh, so they're scrapping those for in-home use. We have the Ninth Circuit with the completely late and useless uh, vacating the state AG's injunction on 3D printed gun files. It's going to be an interesting one to talk about, guys. Everybody out there, if this is your first time checking us out, do me a favor. Please like and subscribe. Check out the podcast version if that's more your speed. I can understand not wanting to look at Jim for an hour. I get it. But uh, you can find our podcast anywhere you, you listen to your podcast. Jim's like, screw it. I'm out. I don't even get paid for this. I quit. I already went and grabbed a hat because I couldn't even look at myself without the hat on. All right. As always, joining me tonight, fellow instructors at Twin Cities Carry, have AJ and Jim. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? So far, so good. You're right. I'm feeling good about the last 48 hours. Just in general, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in a better mood. <laughs> I don't even worry, care about COVID right now. Like, well. <laughs> things are happening. I'm feeling good. Yeah, it's been weird. Um, you know, the, the Supreme Court, we all wanted to see them take a, a couple cases a while back that they passed on. Um, so them picking up the, the new one, which is... Uh, the again the new york state rifle and pistol association they seem to be they do a lot of legislation legislative action um all right but i figured we'd hop into the 3d printed ghost guns because uh you guys know 3d printing is a hobby of mine 3d printing firearms is a hobby of mine uh so yeah, I, I follow this stuff pretty pretty closely. And Jim, you sent this one out, so you caught it before I did. <clears throat> well, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't this the Ninth Circuit Court? Yes, it was. I mean, that is the traditional anti-gun court. So it, it was very surprising to see that it was their ruling. Hmm. Um. Wasn't it a couple weeks ago we had a Ninth Circuit Court ruling that went? The way of the two-way. Um, I, I exactly. that, yeah, that night there was something from the ninth and something from the sixth, but I don't remember what either one was. Yeah. Anymore. That's the news cycle. <laughs> we don't remember yeah, what happened. So apparently, everybody needs to go back and rewatch every one of our videos to catch that. Uh, preferably <laughs> six or seven times each. Uh, right now, Jim's doing that duty for us. He just keeps keeps watching and watching, helping, you know, making me feel good when I check those views every morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, so the Ninth Circuit Court panel vacates state AG's injunction blocking the distribution of 3D gun files. So if you guys remember the big, like, 
big break in 3D printing was um, defense distributed. Uh, this would have been five, six years ago. So back then, 22 state attorney generals filed an injunction um, against defense distributed. So let me get it pulled up here. Court list ban. All right. So the Ninth Circuit panel on Tuesday lifted restrictions on exporting blueprints for 3D printed guns. So really this stems down to an export issue, which is covered by ITAR. ITAR is the International Traffic in Arms Regulation. Basically, there's the United States munitions list. Everybody needs to be ITAR compliant in order to be selling, importing, or exporting firearms. That's why we can't have really cool AKs. Well, let me rephrase that. That's why AKs weren't really cool for a long time, because they sucked. And now they're cool because they don't suck anymore. Because now they're most of them are made here. Uh, but as I was saying, this all stems from, sorry, July 2018, Trump administration settled a lawsuit with Defense Distributing Distributed, agreeing to remove 3D printed gun blueprints from the State Department's list of regulated munitions. Defense Distributed released them online the following month, uh, but not before 22 state AGs filed an injunction trying to stop them from spread uh, from sharing those files. So much effort goes into this. It, it's have you have you guys heard the um, the phrase "You can't stop the signal" and. Uh, code is free speech it's what it is it, it's just a they dumped them on the internet there's anybody can go online you can go to liberty you can go to odyssey you can go to you can literally google 3d printed gun files and find the files to 3d print it i don't know what they thought they were going to stop i don't know what they were thinking was going to happen when they filed this injunction the old adage is once it's on the internet it's always on the internet right from when we were growing up yeah, once it gets in, it's it's permanent. Jim learned that one the hard way. <laughs> Kidding. That's something you want to share, Jim? <laughs> Apparently, Shane needs to share. Uh, this is uh, this Facebook would pull us down. We can't we can't be doing that. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I just thought it was interesting. I, I mean, it's kind of like a nothing burger, right? Like it doesn't matter. The files are already out there. Like, this is a, a waste of taxpayer time and money. It was in the beginning, and it, it still is that we even went back and dealt with this. Like, the files are already out there. In fact, the files that Defense Distributed put out there were just CAD, CAD diagrams, uh, CAD drawings of in-production firearms. You can go online now, and you can find uh, files for all kinds of crazy stuff. Anybody's interested, um, Google FGC9. You'll see what I'm talking about. You should be able to figure out what F FGC stands for. I don't know. Like I said, it, it's it's cool. It's a win for the 2A, but it, it was it really worth the money? It was I don't know. It just seems dumb. All right. Next one I have. Is Illinois judge says FOID requirement is uh, unconstitutional for guns at home. So Illinois has a requirement to have a FOID card. 
Who knows what FOID stands for? I do. <laughs> Good, because I don't. Class, Jim. Tell us, because I don't. Really? It's Firearms Owner Identification Card. Thank you. Thank you. So this is an Illinois-specific thing. Um, it's what is has been up till recently or currently uh, required to legally possess firearms or even ammunition in Illinois. So the residents must have a firearms owner's identification card, which is issued by their state police to any qualified applicant. God, you guys want to bet that that costs a stupid amount of money? A look. <laughs> that just seems There's to be no way. You can't. There's no way. It's Illinois. It's, it's Illinois. It's on the internet. Or it's on the internet. It's got to be. Right? <laughs> Gotta be difficult to get and expensive. Oh yeah, I'd be curious to see the numbers. Um. Oh, you know what? Let's see. The burden should. I don't know. Maybe it's not too much. But um. So yeah, this comes from an Illinois judge. Illinois judge that says the requirement is un unconstitutional. What they're saying is you have to have this in order to have a firearm in your home. That's absolutely unconstitutional. Like what kind of Clearly, clearly. So it'll be interesting to follow this, see what happens. Um, Illinois has some interesting uh, regulations. Interesting. Well, it's, it's ten bucks. No, that's not bad. Ten dollars for a permission slip to exercise your constitutional oh, dude, that's right. The, that's the application fee. Looks like there's other stuff that goes along with it um, because here's a store that talks about our cost is twenty nine ninety five, and includes ISP fees and the digital ID <laughs> photo. ISP fees, because they wouldn't have internet, pay for internet service. <laughs> that's shady bull. Yeah, that's that's well, the depending on who I, who else uh, you know you have to get to help you with it. Yeah, that's the same thing as freaking gun shops. All the gun shops suddenly the uh, the transfer fee for an FFL transfer is suddenly everybody goes up to sixty dollars all at once. Doesn't cost them anything. Ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, ISP is not Internet Service okay. Illinois State Police. Mm, I'd rather give them money to go to the actual Internet Service Provider. So everybody gets their hands in the. Well, you know what? Okay, hey, ten dollars isn't a lot. But if everybody who's a gun owner in Illinois has to have a FOID card, that's going to add up. Did it say how long they're good for? I'm still. <laughs> Typical Illinois. It's difficult to find yeah, the information. I, I figure out if the cost is $10 or $30. <laughs> and here's the 11. Here's one saying $11 fee. Nice. I get no idea what the thing costs. Assuming we figure out how long is it good. <laughs> Doing, we're doing good tonight. Yeah, how often do you have to renew this thing? Or is this a one-time deal? Yeah. You would think I know. I would know uh, many of the people. 10-year expiration date. Okay, that's not horrible. It's still unconstitutional. Get me wrong. I'm like placating for them, but or uh, simping for them, but it, it's still unconstitutional. It's still bullshit. Whatever. And it's typical Illinois. They feel like they have multiple governors that have been in jail now. That's what happens. There should be. <laughs> That's what happens when you try to sell your Senate seat. Actually, that guy got uh, 
He got pardoned by Trump when Trump was leaving office. Blagovich or something. All right. A couple more here that got added late. Texas. Texas Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott, says he'll sign the constitutional carry into law. This comes from the Truth About Guns. Uh, their tagline here is, cue the media hysterics, which is exactly what it is, right? Oh, my God, there's going to be blood in the streets. Everybody's going to be running around shooting everybody up. And we've got, what, 20 states right now that are uh, constitutional carry? Kind of bordering on a couple more, if I remember right. Can't be worse than uh, Chicago. Right? They don't even have uh, constitutional carry. They just That's where I'm going with that. <laughs> they just, you know... Let it all fly. Um, yeah, we talked a couple weeks ago about the. Uh, there were a bunch of permit to carry LTC. I think is what they call it down there. LTC instructors that were uh, like you know, poo pooing the constitutional carry and had nothing to do with you know two A or anything. It was the. Getting some feedback there. Um, yeah, they had a bunch of uh, instructors who were just concerned about their bottom line. Right? They didn't want it to go through because they'd lose money or likely potentially go out of business. Let's be honest. I'd love to tell you people are still going to seek training, but people will, but not the same amount of people that apply for the permit to carry. Um, but, yeah, so this looks like it's going to pass. <clears throat> Ooh, did you guys hear that little... Like, yeah, there's a little thing there. Apparently. Second second puberty? I don't know. Menopause? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> <clears throat> the wife's probably been giving me hormone in my coffee so that uh, I, I can struggle through it with her. All right. So, yeah, 20 other states currently in the Constitutional Carry Club. Four of those states were added this year. Um this could be a big deal. I mean, Texas has a lot of firearms owners. Texas has a lot of sway and carry. Um, oh, be good to see. Uh, it's well, interesting. Yeah, it's for every state that adds, I mean, the chances go up for the rest of us, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, not for us here. It, it will I mean, be minuscule, maybe, points of a percent. <laughs> I mean, we're damn near surrounded at this point. All right, this is a good point uh, that Joel has. Is it possible that, Govern that Governor Abbott said he would sign the constitutional carry bill because he knows that the ten Texas Senate is going is not going to approve it? I feel like Joel probably has some better insight on that one than us since he's down there. But, yeah, that's possible. Texas, one of Texas's newest LTC instructors, I do feel like he's in the loop. Oh, is he uh... – is he approved? Is he good to go? Congratulations, Joel. Yeah, he's got his certificate. He's good to go. Awesome. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's a that's a solid point. It's quite possible. I don't follow uh I don't follow Texas politics that, that much. I'd love to see it happen, but I think Joel might have a good point there. That, uh, would, happen here. that would happen here for sure. Oh no, no, our governor wouldn't even that it would he would be in a so, scenario where we had a governor that would be ballsy enough to do that. There's no way it would go. <laughs> Let me put it that way. 
<laughs> I'm just going to leave this comment up. <laughs> governor Abbott is not a fan of constitutional care. Yeah. Um, the last time we had a governor that would sign something like that, he was a professional wrestler. And, and, le- and a legitimate crazy person. <laughs> I feel like he didn't really get crazy until after, and then he had like... He was working up to it, though. <laughs> he had all that stuff with Chris Kyle. Uh, he got... The widow of Chris Kyle ended up suing him, and I believe winning. Um, oh, Joel, already doing classes. Did his first Texas LTC class yesterday. Two ladies are on their way to get their license. That's awesome. Not wasting any time. Joel, I need you to put in there what is the occupation of that lady that was your first student, because I think that's worth noting as well. <laughs> So we'll, we'll give him a minute to take that one in. <laughs> um, yeah, back to, to Jesse Ventura, though. Um, he had that whole thing with Chris Kyle. And then he had that, like, crazy conspiracy uh, theory show. And, like, yeah, I love. He stuck out and live in Mexico for a while, too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> only, only in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I love a good conspiracy theory. I'm right there with with some conspiracy theories, right? They're too they're too fun not to. But uh, he was into some weird stuff. Now he looks like Skeletor. <laughs> he does. And that's an insult to Frank Langella. Yeah, longer hair, like it's just, this whole thing is not going well. Nice. Yeah, that was that's Joel. He's district court judge. Nice. That is nicely done. That's what that's slick. Um, I gotta go back. You said Skeletor. Jim instantly knew the guy that either played him or voiced him. I thought that was interesting. Was it the guy that that voiced him in the in the the cartoon? No, didn't you see yeah, the him. Didn't you see the crappy movie? Uh, Courtney Cox was in it. Um. Yeah, really, really bad. But Frank Langella was the uh, uh, was Skeletor. He's a uh, ex bodybuilder. Oh boy, the Masters of the Universe. Yes, it was. It was called Masters of the Universe. Yes. Dude, you gotta see this, AJ. We're totally getting off topic. I don't care. Guns, Skeletor, whatever. This. This is a. I forgot about that. Dolph was uh, Dolph was me, man. That is so eighties. It hurts. What do you know about the eighties? How how old do you think I am, or not? Hey, you I remember the eighties. You were in first grade when they ended. Mm, yeah, likely. I remember the eighties. <clears throat> I wish. I I'm not sure if he's bragging or insulting right now. I have had people prefer, previously prefer, refer to me as a child of the 80s, so it is not uncommon for an 80s reference to come out of my mouth. So my point is, yes, I am a 90s child. Uh, that's when I was the, the coming of age, right? But, uh, dude, everybody knows 80s movies. They are both the worst and best thing ever created. We'll stick with the worst side. <laughs> oh, come on. There's some great 80s movies out there. Uh, yeah, there's about 10 of them. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I don't want to say anything now because I'll probably be wrong. It'll all be like 1991. All right. So something that we talk about a lot in our classes is marijuana use, right? It is what I, what I tell people, and I'd be curious to know what, how you guys cover it. Um, when we're talking about it, like we talk about, you know, prohibited persons and, you know, unlawful users still legal at the federal level. What I tell everybody and, you know, tell them, I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you how to live your life. And I'm not trying to. Right now, at federal level, it's le- illegal. In Minnesota, um, recreational use is illegal. At some point in time, it's likely to be illegal. You can't let yourself get caught up in a situation uh, like Hawaii. I forget when that happened, but where that they take. Like 2016, 2017. Yeah. It was a while ago. So those of you who don't know, the, the Hawaii said, hey, we got this really cool database of permit to carry holders. We got this. Was, Hawaii doesn't issue permit to carry. It was the Hawaii gun registration list. Thank they you. Archaic. They require gun registration. You are correct. It was registration. So they said, we got this really handy list of registration, and we got this really handy list of recreational marijuana users, or uh, marijuana users. Hey, let's just see if we got any names across on this and you know we'll go take their guns so um i'm curious how do you guys cover a marijuana use or drug use in in class i point out that it is you know a, a, an area of confusion because we're talking about a minnesota permit to carry class but every time you fill out a federal atf form 4473 to purchase a gun and check the box that says no i am not an illegal user of drugs if you use marijuana, you're technically lying on a federal form. Yeah. yeah, I stick to black and white. Honestly, it's honestly if you're a, if you're a marijuana user, you, you shouldn't be doing this. It's illegal. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I mean, it, you obviously already know the risks, right? I mean, black and white. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to get interesting here in Minnesota. Um, if I remember right, I was reading. In, a news article the other day it it sounds like a recreational marijuana bill has made it through a few committees here um who knows what'll happen uh once it hits the minnesota senate they've kind of but will it it be allowed to be menthol You can still get, I'm sure you can still get menthol vape if you can't get menthol cigarettes. We're not going down that one, Jim. That's that's outside our lane. Sorry, we're making fun of something else going on right now. Yeah, if you're curious, look up the menthol cigarette potential ban. Uh, we were talking about that before. All yeah, right. We are really just... Well, oh. <laughs> that's what happens when we have an agenda. We can't stick to it. Hey, man. It's great. People are still watching. I'm sure it's just Joel logged into five different devices, but people are still watching. <laughs> Jim's got his team. You, Joel. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, so you know, it's me. I don't have the bandwidth for multiple devices. God, you don't. You were showing us a picture before uh, a meme before we started, and and even though it's just a static image of a meme, nothing changing. It's fuzzing in and out as we're watching it. Damn uh, internet black hole at Jim's house. Okay. So where I was trying to go with the marijuana use, like I said, I don't really care. You do what you do. You, I, I don't, I don't care. Uh, but it 
it is an issue and we've seen it uh, we've seen it as a real issue so house republicans have introduced gun rights and marijuana act um so this i'm looking at this on bearing arms this one caught my attention because generally the republican party is not the pro pot party um so it goes on to say, despite the growing number of states that have legalized medical or recreational use of marijuana, it remains illegal under the federal law for uh, gun owners t- for gun owners to smoke up. No matter if it's legal in their state or not, now some Republican members of Congress are hoping to address the situation with the Gun Rights and Marijuana Act, or the Graham Act, which I thought was a great name. Uh yeah, so simply simply state stated it would allow it would basically have a carve out for marijuana. Um how did they go on to say it here? Uh you know, it should be up to individual states to determine their own marijuana laws, and yes it should, not the federal government. The constitution says nothing about marijuana, but the second amendment clearly outlines every American's right to bear arms. Let this legislation makes it so individuals who use marijuana in the state that permits legal adult use are still able to purchase firearms. So it's interesting. Um, I could see this going. I could see this maybe passing, right? Like, okay, potentially it could pass. Um, but I could still see states uh, putting in their own legislation, right? I absolutely could see a state like California do that, or I could even see Minnesota do that. Yeah, for sure. I'm all for states' rights. I, I think... Yeah. Uh, my buddy just texted me, told me to fix my flag, and I just looked at it, and he's right. My flag's backwards. Um, thank you, Goofy. So... As I was saying, marijuana, uh, it shouldn't be a prohibitive thing. It just like it, it's a state's right issue. Hopefully, hopefully they fix it. Um, but again, we'll just see states like California or New Jersey. They'll just enact their own legislation and it'll be on the gun owners in that state to get somewhere with that. Um, all right. So kind of burying the lead on what, what I really wanted to talk about, um, and I kind of led into it in the beginning. We have the Supreme Court actually taking up a case uh, that has two A uh, potential to change two A rights in in this state or not in this state in the country. So this again another bearing bearing arms uh, article. I want to get this pulled up here. Way too many tabs open on the desktop, guys. All right. <laughs> so, did the... Uh, I can't like it, otherwise I'd like his comment. Um, so, the Supreme Court's decision to hear a Second Amendment case is big. It's the first in over a decade. I kind of mentioned that the last one was the Heller case. It was DC versus Heller. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't recall much from back then. I also wasn't wasn't as into 2A as I am now. I wasn't in the same place. Um, Jim, do you remember that at all? I thought Heller was about gun ownership in the District of Columbia exactly. for the most part because 
you know, I, I don't know how many people know this, but the governing body for the District of Columbia is our legislature. They don't have the typical mayor, city council type makeup that, that most cities do. And the laws were just, I mean, draconian. You weren't allowed to own guns. There were no gun permits. And Heller did establish that at least, I think, ownership had to be allowed and, and some sort of mechanism for, for permitting had to be created, although they, I think they ran it through the police department and, and it was intentionally very slow and, and archaic afterwards. Yeah. So DC tried to ban all firearms, or if you did have them, they either needed to be locked with this stupid little key lock um, or disassembled in your home. So the Heller decision, and I'm, I'm simplifying the hell out of it, the Heller decision basically said you have a right to have a firearm in your home Second Amendment right. Didn't touch on, you know, the it, it touched on to keep, but not to bear. It also did, um, it did set some precedent for the Supreme Court ruled that there are limits to the Second Amendment. So we were talking about it before. Two-way advocates see it as a win because, look, yeah, the Supreme Court affirmed that we do have a right to keep arms. We do have a Second Amendment right, and they can't ban us from having them. However, anti-gunners do see it as a win for them because it did outline that there are limits to the Second Amendment, which I think all three of us agree is, is complete BS. It's literally the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, like super Super plain and simple. Ah, so anyways, back to, to where I was going on this. Uh, the Supreme Court has accepted a case. Uh, that case is the New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus the state, uh, I believe. Of course, now the article that I linked is not there, so that's pretty cool. That's working out well for me. <laughs> Why did I put it in the notes if it's not going to be there? Oh, man. Let's try this. Real good at this stuff. All right. So, <laughs> New York New York uh, State Pistol and Rifle Association, along with several individual plaintiffs, brought a case a couple of years ago in order to challenge the discretionary May issue law. Um, that was That was not heard. So this one, there's two people who applied for a permit to carry, we'll call it, I don't know what they call it there, uh, in New York State, and they were denied because they didn't have special purpose, right? They didn't have, they didn't have, you know, a clear and present danger, somebody stalking them, things like that. So they were denied, they're suing. The court has now accepted this case and they're going to hear it. And I love to tell you guys, like I know something, which I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. The court isn't going to take a case that they don't see something, right? They they see they see something there that they want to correct. Otherwise, why would they bother hearing it, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think generally they're true. That's true. Yeah, they they don't take up a case unless they think there's a, a pretty decent chance that they'll overturn it. Because otherwise, yeah, they're just wasting time. Because them not hearing a case effectively affirms it, since you can't go anywhere else or anywhere else with it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's how you create precedents. Ah. Uh, 
Yeah, they've been very active. Uh, so, so why is this important? I guess I'm kind of not really getting to what the, the important importance here is. This has the potential to change may issue and shall issue to uh, to all shall issue, and I don't know. You guys want to let's talk about what may issue is and shall issue is. May issue is what Minnesota was before we moved to shall issue. Um, may issue is exactly what it sounds like, right? I may issue you a permit. I may not. California. Uh, Jim, how, what is it you say about California and their permit program? You basically have to well, join the, the – This was, to play, man. This was one county, but, yeah, the, there was a student of ours who lived there, but he maintained his Minnesota permit because his parents still lived here. I don't know if he lived in the, the, the county that San Francisco was in or somebody around there, so I, I can't even tell you what county it was if I wanted to. But the short version is he basically had to give the sheriff $5,000 in order to be eligible to get a permit to carry. Yep. You got to suddenly you're on the uh, sheriff's posse. Yep. That was one. You had to join the, the sheriff's posse, which was a minimum $5,000 donation. So <clears throat> a lot of the May issue states and, and shocker, they're the states you expect it to be. Um, this off there. Uh, California, shocker, uh, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts. Like those, those are exactly the state, states I expect. Um, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island as well. So, you know, I, it reminds me of the, the Ninth Circuit thing that we were talking about a while back. Wasn't it the idea that they affirmed Hawaii's ability to regulate handguns based on law that had been on the book since before they were a state. Was that what it was? Yeah, and thus this ruling could therefore not have an effect on Hawaii at all because like, Hawaii could just still claim, well, we had a book, you know, law in the books prior to 1959 when we became a state that said no guns. So just, you know, screw federal law. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean... This could force those states to go to shall issue where they have to issue unless there's a prohibitive reason. California, I'm, I'm sure California is watching this one closely because, I mean, they've, they've got to be the most populous state. Definitely. We were looking that up for uh, something a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so you take the most populous state – which already has limits, which has significant limits. And they have this stupid roster program, which is also being challenged. That was the other news story I saw. They're challenging the roster program. But, I mean, what, 20% of California maybe? So we, we legitimately could see 20% of California apply and be given a permit, which jacks those numbers up more and just does more for the 2A. I'll take as many allies as we can get. Mm-hmm. I'm curious on what the population of California is. About 30 million. Even, even Californians, because, well, enemy of my enemy, right? <laughs> they they have a real strong gun culture over there, and, and, and where they can. They're just not winning, that's all. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're uh, losing that battle on every front. 
Well, and, and, and it, it shows the diversity, too, because it's all up to the county sheriff. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the sheriff of Los Angeles County, hugely anti-gun. But there are counties in California where getting a permit is a piece of cake because you've got very gun-friendly sheriffs. And that's the whole problem with May issue is it leaves it up to the discretion of the sheriff. And, it, you know, California is a good example of just how arbitrary that makes the process. Yeah. Um, there are actually, it looks like, two counties in California that have... Uh, have passed some sort of Second Amendment sanctuary uh, resolution or ordinance. They're, they're way up in the, the north on the border there. Um, well, they're, they're no different than Minnesota. There's a big difference in, you know, rural versus, you know, metropolitan as far as what they think about guns, you know. But, I mean, Los Angeles County is, what, 10 million people? There are many, many states that don't have the population of Los Angeles County. Yeah, I'm liking I'm liking where we're now seeing entire states blocked green for sanctuary status here. That's awesome. And uh, Joel, if you're still listening, I know you lived in California for a long time. If you got information, pipe in. That's interesting. All right. Uh, Didn't know you could fade it in and out like that. No, no, I was uh, I was trying to go a little closer in to see. Looks like there's a couple counties here in Minnesota right around the metro, uh, the metro five counties, and I was just trying to see which ones those were. Haven't uh, haven't followed that. I don't see that happening in Dakota County anytime soon. So, well, but I would say if it's a metro area, Dakota County would be the leading choice. I would think. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen though. I don't, I haven't seen. Anyways, back to California. Their population is thirty nine million. 500,000, so call it for 40 million. That's a lot of people. That's a real lot of people. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, one thing I did note when I was... I say uh, that's, that's more than 10% of the country, isn't it? Is the country about 300 million? 330. Yeah, so I mean definitely more than 10% of the population just in that one state. That's significant. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I did read about, and I'm not... Uh, following all the legalese is a little a bit iffy. Uh, so the court did change the question um, a bit when they granted cert. Instead of whether the Second Amendment protected the plaintiff's right to carry a firearm outside the home for self-defense, the court has instead worded it as whether the state's denial of the petitioner's application for a concealed carry license for self-defense violated the second amendment. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that changes the outcome, if that limits it more to New York or to this specific program. Um, we'll see. I'm sure it's going sure to come down to the majority decision and how that's worded. But mm -hmm. yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's all based on in, in, in New York as, as in many may issue states showing that you have a reason to get a permit is important and and, and that's the heart of this one is is new york's proper cause clause yeah oh here from joel yep so he lived in orange county in the 
Generally had a shell issue policy towards carry permits. Yeah, I mean, that's what they all are. Every so often you'll hear about somebody getting a permit in California and they had to wait like a year or 300 freaking days, whatever it is. Um, yeah, the other thing I was reading. So I, I'm not looking too much into whether this the court changing the wording really means much. They did the same thing with the Heller decision. And I have to believe that the court's going to come down with some similar type decision where, yeah, you have a you have the right to keep and bear, but there are limits on it. And here are where we see those limits. But the court does have a supposed six to three conservative majority. I would call that a five four <laughs> conservative majority. I would definitely call that a five to four majority as well. And and we're in agreement on the person who is not. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so who knows? I don't know. It's cool. It's interesting. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a step closer. It's, it's, it's something that we've been wanting and they keep, you know, they keep passing on them. So hopefully they found the right, the right case they wanted, or maybe, and I don't know the logistics of how the court works. Maybe they do have enough conservative judges. Well, I, I think that was the problem was up until I always get it wrong. Amy Barrett. Coney Co Barrett. Co Amy Coney Barrett. ACB. I, 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 and I don't even care for him as a comic, but I keep getting Sasha Baron Cohen confused and that's horrible. But anyway, Nobody cares for him as a comic. Yeah, until until she joined the court, there's a lot of speculation that the members, the conservative members of the court didn't feel like they had the majority and therefore they skipped all of these cases for fear of basically affirming them. Yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm hoping. I'm yeah, I, I certainly agree. I don't I don't think there is a six to three majority. I think it's a five to four. And it wasn't until she joined the court that it went from four to five to five to four. Is it Gorsuch or something? Is that who it is that, that like was Trump's first appointee and completely went the other way on every decision? No, it's Roberts. Roberts, yes, yeah. Roberts. Yeah, who was who was appointed under under the younger of the Bushes. He was supposed to be conservative. And has been very much midline, if if even leaving le leaning left on on occasion when that was not what he was expected to be. And I think the fear was that he would come down very much, you know, leaning left on gun issues, and therefore the the rest of the justices who are, tend to be pro gun didn't want to hear anything. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Um, I, I'm on Wikipedia looking at the makeup of the, the current court composition, and uh, the thing that stood out to me the most, the uh, the law school that they all went to, Harvard, Yale, Harvard, Yale, Yale, Harvard, Harvard, Yale, two, uh, two really, two bastions of uh, society that are not biased at all. Uh, the only one who didn't go was Amy Coney Barrett, who went to University of Notre Dame. Um, anyways, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, well, but, I mean that's that's part of the reason that you go to a Harvard or Yale is that it gets you into touch with all of these people who do go on to have these political type careers because oh, that's, yeah, that's what those schools are bastions of. Yeah, I had a 
a roommate in college who went to Yale Law School, and, and now he's practicing in California. But, I mean, if you want to go to a top school. Yeah. No, you got you got to be in the know. You got to you got to know people. You got to you got to build those connections and be in the know. So it seems like so much work. <laughs> All that being nice to people and meeting people and talking to them. It's a lot of friends in low places in this category. <laughs> Just a lot of friends. Ugh. Oh, I don't know. You guys got anything else you want to dive into? No, I'm going to bask in the glory of this week. <laughs> I'm sure next week. Oh, someone's going to squash it for me by Friday. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. But in the meantime, I'm just going to revel in it, you know? It'll be Jim texting us at like 3 a.m. I know. I'm going to wake up to something uh-huh. I don't like at 5.45 Friday morning with a smiley face and a link. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Let let me make a note. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. I don't know. Uh, I'm a little tempered now that we know uh, Governor Abbott in Texas is is just uh, playing both ends to the middle. That bugs me, but I should have expected it. He's a politician. All right. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, let's call it there. I think that's enough. Appreciate everybody joining us. If you haven't already done so, check us out on YouTube, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on there under Twin Cities Carry. You know, would like it if you left us a comment and if you uh, gave us a like. Gentlemen, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining me again. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Thanks, everybody. Cool.